My guest today, I was watching on Instagram. Back this is back in the days when I was on Instagram, and uh, she had a great joke about therapy and TikTok. I was watching my uh, therapist the other day on TikTok, and <laughs> oh yeah, my therapist is TikTok. So, and she was saying she was like, Heather, would you talk to your eight-year-old self? The way you have been talking to your adult self. And it was, I'll be honest, it was a joke I was trying to crack myself. Myself, she cracked it. And I was like, I got to have her on the podcast. It seems interesting. She sells out a zillion theaters. Her, she has a Netflix special. Did great. That's why, I, what I was basing it on. She's here right now. Heather McMahon. All right. Well, I don't, for, let's start. I don't, we've never met. Yes. That I'm aware of. Um, no, we have not. When did you start doing stand-up? In high school years ago. But like professionally, Mm, like 2017. You've had the same personality since you were three. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Full throttle. And you lived, but you said you lived in New York and LA. Yeah. So after and con- now Atlanta, how, do, how did you move to all these places and be a, and not be a comedian? Okay, exactly. Um, got a theater degree, moved to New York right after was doing UCB, was doing improv sketch right. stand up. Then moved how out- were you popular in the UCB circle? Well, it's interesting. I, was good and I did my thing, but I was not the typical UCB girl. Yeah. You know, I like makeup and hoops and a yeah. hair blowout and I'm from the South and I lean into that. But uh, I did well. Um, right. And then I moved to LA and then the UCB scene was just even more insane. So I- It's very snobby if you don't know. Very snobby. Very clicky. Very clicky. Um, I lived right in Franklin Village, right across from the- Right, right there. From the spot. Near Scientology as yeah. well. Near Scientology. Literally backed up to the Celebrity Scientology sure, Center. of course. So, um, and then I branched off you with a girl- You maybe caught some vapors. Oh, no, I would literally walk by at night. I'd be like at La Poubelle across the street. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, I re- rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Like, I'm not yeah, fucking great, with it. Great, great, great. Yeah. Then I had a writing partner that we met at UCB. We did like our two-person show. We kind of did our own thing. And then unfortunately, I picked up and left LA because my dad died of cancer very abruptly. So then I moved home to Atlanta for the first time. And I was home figuring out my new normal. And then that's when I started doing, I was like, well, fuck doing sketch and improv and all that. I did characters online and then I started doing stand-up again. And then I moved to New York. Uh, and then I just recently moved back to Atlanta during the pandemic. So when did you start doing well? Um, like 2018. Okay, so before the pandemic, yeah. before. And then I started touring 2018, 2019, and then took a break, obviously, during doing the Doing clubs or doing, like, bigger places? Um, I would do clubs, and then I went right into theaters. Great. Well, that's what it's watching you. You don't have any of the stand-up-y. Like, you, you, it, you look like someone who came into it with a fan base and you know what you like talking about mm-hmm. and they know what they like hearing you talk about. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. It is. Okay. You don't have any of, there's no like gunk on you. Okay. You don't mm-hmm. have any like club gunk. I know. And I know that. Especially from New York where there's like a lot of heavy energy. And I have friends obviously in comedy now that are, that are there's sometimes like, oh, well, you know, you didn't come up in the club scene. I'm like, no, I did kind of like what the kids did on TikTok, but on Instagram yeah. years before that. It's so like yeah. when people want to, I mean, Matt came up in the clubs, but like when people want to give Matt Rife shit about like the TikTok thing, I'm like, I basically did that on Instagram. Yeah. I just put all my stand up, all of my sketches, everything, my characters on Instagram. And then it took off from there. But I've been doing like one woman shows forever. People just didn't know who the fuck I was. What, were they character Charactery, yeah. Got it. 
I, my first tour, my first theater tour, I opened for myself as a character, which right. was like, and people hated it, right? They would boo. They would boo, <laughs> they would boo her off. <laughs> they would boo her off. <laughs> Bring yeah, yeah. on, Heather. Yeah. Um. No. And then finally, like, people were like, "You're doing way too much. Like, just get an opener." Like, because I'm an old yeah. theater kid, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I like really like to give people a You're show. Like building sets. Yeah. Fuck yeah. 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 Everything. I have a full costume. Uh huh. Gl- hot glue guns. Oh, glitter everywhere. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, and then you and then you started doing well, and yeah. and do you talk about how old you are? Yeah, I'm 36 years old. Great. So that's a decent age to succeed. Uh-huh. Like over 30, yeah. I think you can. You have a shot at being a normal person. <laughs> um, I th- but I also th- I've also seen it go both ways. Regan. Right. And it's I think it's hard to maintain uh, some humility when you're getting showered praise all the time. You strike me as in your 30s. Angry. Yeah, yeah. I, I think any age. Okay. It gets easier. Uh-huh. But I think it's still tempting to every like you see people like new like there's a guy Gabor Mate who's mm-hmm. a who's like a, you know, ayahuasca psychiatrist and he, even he likes the the attention. He likes the juice and he's like yeah. 70 and was in the Holocaust, might be 80. <laughs> so like everyone everyone's susceptible to like connecting and all uh-huh. that stuff. I'm, so it looks like you've maintained a normal life and now you live in atlanta yep. with your husband and my mom and your mom and in the same house yep great um i saw your mom on instagram <laughs> or no i saw your mom on the netflix and she yeah did, she didn't a lot of times mom sketches that can go a lot of ways uh-huh she held her own she's an icon great yeah i didn't know she was an icon i just thought <laughs> she held her own yeah I'm glad you hear that. She will love that feedback. How is your general disposition? Do you have, are you anxious? I've been anxious as of late just because I've got a lot of balls in the air uh-huh. and I feel a little discombobulated, mm-hmm. but my general disposition is just honestly very joyful. Yeah. I giggle. Always. Always. Great. I am really glass half full and it's funny because I'm married to like a very, like an Italian version of Larry David, like a mm-hmm. very Italian, just he's like. From Philly? No, he's from New York, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. you know, every, the world's against you. Everything's yeah, yeah, fucked. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's fucking Everybody's us, yeah. fucking us. And I'm literally like, it's all going to be okay. Like my, yeah. my catchphrase in life is just kind of like, um, like, it's going to be fine. We're going to figure it out. We're, it's going to be fine. Okay, well, that was what I, that was one of the things I wanted to speak to you about. Based on your Fuck. Instagram, uh-huh. there is an element of, I think, any kind of uh, female Just whatever, let it, lay it influencer. Out. I don't know mm. what the fucking term is. Mm-hmm. There is a level of optimism mm-hmm. that I kind of like, you were saying the other day, like, if you dream it. All I want to say is she believed she could, so she motherfucking did. It can, and it's like, Heather. That's me being sarcastic though. Oh, thank God. <laughs> no, that is the whole bit. Like okay. I I on my podcast, people call in and I basically give them like horrific unsolicited advice. Oh, so great. these clips that these like this my social media okay, so people you're become fun of your, I'm making fun okay. of she believed she could. So she did. Okay, good. I mean I now like, No, you gotta be funny yeah. to get a Netflix special. No, no, no. no that is me being it. completely Thank you. Completely sarcastic. Okay. And the reason I make vision boards is whenever I'm hungover on like New Year's Day, I'll take an edible and I just like to craft. I like to scrapbook and this doodle. This isn't even about dreams or manifestation. It's just about <laughs> crafting and glue. I, I'll take an edible. I'll craft. Uh, so what happened was a couple years ago, I made this vision board and I was like, you know, like kind of thoughtful in it, but I was high as shit. Yeah. And then I put all this stuff up and I really enjoy just like the task of doing it. I sure. enjoy to be, qu- that's my quiet time to turn my brain off. And then I put it up in my office and then like a couple years later, I was like, looked at it and I was like, oh fuck, this shit's starting to come true so now it's just something that i make every year and it's almost like a joke like i don't believe in vision boards okay. i don't believe in like oh okay like you, Do you know believe in astrology F- 
fuck no. Okay. Because I think astrology is actually from the dark place, <laughs> you know? Interesting. Are you Jesus? Are you Jesus? Yeah, I'm Jesus and I have a I have a strong faith in the Lord. But I also just feel like, I don't know, I mean, I work my fucking ass off. Yeah. And you also talented and it it seems like you probably were where it's you're getting a lot of resistance. Mm-hmm. And then you just like and then it just opens up. Yeah. And you're like, well, that was that's pretty cool. <laughs> It was interesting because in the comedy world, I always just spoke from my point of view and perspective. And I knew that like I was just going to talk to women. And and I was like, that's who I'm going to hone in on. Right. Because those are my girls. So you specifically. Specifically. And then. Did it, you always get along with women? Yeah. Great. But I was also like, I mean, I, I was in a sorority. I fucking thrived. I loved it. I thought Great. the sisterhood was fantastic. Yeah. I never watch you and think you're lying. Yeah. Okay. That's, I don't like, this is bullshit. She's a dark cynic, whatever. Yeah. But I love. But I also think you believe in astrology. So that's what I thought. Bait. No, now oh, that I'm, okay. now I'm getting a fuller picture. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Complete character. That. Okay. No, I think like people who believe in like, I mean, is there some like godly part of it that connects? Sure. But um, do I think that, you know, Gemini's are like all alcoholics? No, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Yeah. But no, I, I was I'm a girl's girl. I mean, I hate to like even put a label on it, but I also can like sit around and, you know, sit in the back of a club and just talk shit. You also with the dudes. like you and your dad were close. Very close. Yeah. So like that's a different mm-hmm. that, I don't know if that's a girl's girl, but like that's a different. That's interesting that you picked a quadrant of the audience honestly i was just my material like i was just talking about my own shit yeah i was like i didn't care if the guys liked me i was like whatever and then i you know was just dialed into stand-up and then now all these guys come to the show and they're like this is fucking great like my whole new hour is about i try to explain to guys i'm like let me be the middle point for you to understand why your wife or your girlfriend thinks about x and i'll help explain it yeah like that's all i'm trying to do yeah i was wondering get people laid and bring bring everybody together yeah we do get a lot of people (laughs) laid um do you i was wondering what your new hour is because the last one was so biographical i want to paint a picture of what baby heather looked like okay yes i mean this is i am a storyteller so this is all about though my first year of marriage Mm -hmm. um and it's about like this international big international wedding i had the things i learned on my 30-day honeymoon it's it's really my observation of all the nuances that happen in your first year of marriage great and how is it going it's great how were your relationships before you got married relationships like with other with people good i mean i you know i dated a bunch of losers in college that were not worth my time but i when i'm i mean i met my husband like when i first moved to new york we were like 22 and he walked in a bar and i was like that's woman to marry like it was very really yeah i know that sounds weird but it i just knew but I think it's because I had a healthy relationship with my dad. Yeah. So I never really put up with shit. Like I had this one boyfriend in college who cheated on me. He didn't say a word. You saw him and said, I'm going to marry that guy. I know this sounds like this is bullshit. No, I don't. I believe you. I'm just wondering. I was in a bar with my dear friend, Christina. She works with me now. And um, that's how I met him because uh, she grew My girlfriend, Christina, grew up with my husband, Jeff. So he walks in a bar to meet us. And I said, who is that? That's woman to marry. And Christina goes, Jeff? And I was like, yeah, you know him? She's like, yeah, that's Jeff, one of our buddies from high school. And that was it. Now, it wasn't until a couple months afterwards, he had no idea that I was interested in him. And I literally had to tell him at a bar, I was like, I think you're cute. And the next thing you know, we're like, you know, tongue to tongue doing the damn thing. But yeah, that was it. Why did you think that? I can't explain it. 
I just had this gut feeling when he walked in. I saw him and I was like, that's it. Never had it before. Never had it before. And when I look back, we took a group photo that night. He looked- You're staring at him from across yeah. the group. <laughs> he's so ill. No, he, he. I'm on one side of the photo. He's on the other. He looks like he'd just gone through like radiation, chemo. He was like kind of jaundiced. The hair was thinning. He did not look well in this photo, uh, but I don't know what it was. When he walked in, I was like, that's it. And we've been together, honestly, solidly for like 13 years. And I moved out to you LA. You on him a ton, though. No. <laughs> honestly, I really, I, I haven't. Like, I, I haven't. He's, you have to tell us if you have. I know. <laughs> he's just like my bud. Like, we have a yeah. good time together. We really, you know, I mean, marriage is hard. Don't get me wrong. Relationships are hard. But he, when I moved to LA, we had been dating a year. And I said, listen, I got to move to LA. Like, I know that's the next step. And he goes, go. I never want you to resent me. Like, I, I want you to go. And we stayed together the whole time. So he has good ideas about relationships. Yeah. Just on his person, like, just has it on him. Like, yeah. he's like, yeah, I, I know if you don't, you'll resent me. And like, because that's a pretty advanced observation to make. Yeah. He just said, I know that this is what you want to do. Because the minute I met him, I was like, I'm doing comedy. I'm stand up. I'm do this. Like, I'm going to be on SNL. This is what I'm going to do. Da, 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 da. And he just said, oh, all right. She knows what she wants. Like, go for it. I mean, it takes a very, I think, specific man who's very confident in himself to be like, yeah, I'm going to let her get up on stage and fucking roast me all day or just talk about like the most embarrassing shit. Does in he my work? Life. Um, yes, he does like real estate and finance. Okay. Yeah, he's semi-retired right now because mama's doing well. Sure, keep retire. Yeah, now's the time. Yeah. In your thirties, what better time to retire? Exactly. Uh, we're gonna have him on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I the I can't pee on planes. That's not significant enough for this podcast. Okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Show some goddamn respect. <laughs> the I want kids, but no desire for the baby. Mm-hmm. That is a biggie. Okay. What do you mean? You meaning you want it? Because I've had I had a, a buddy of mine say one time about a girl, whatever he goes, a, a clique of girls. He goes, they want to they want to be a picture of a mom. Mm. They don't want to be a mom. No, c- quite opposite. OK, I want the relationship with the family. I want the child, but I don't have any desire like this burning, nurturing feeling inside of me that I need to have a baby in my womb. I'm not craving like I'm 36 turning 37. You don't want to be pregnant. I have no desire to be pregnant. I mean, I already have my own infertility issues. So I think that probably has put like a weird dark seed in the back of my brain. But I just don't have this like connection or craving with like I need the baby. Do but, you like, want do you want to you want milk coming out of your boobs? I wouldn't mind. I think that okay. would, could be fun. I've literally never considered that. Like, do I want to be milked? I the milking part I'm fine with, right? Um, okay. I don't want to rip tip to taint. I've uh, I did IVF and all that shit, and it really fucked me up hormonally. And coming off of that was the wildest, gnarliest ride of my life. You talked about it in the Netflix mm-hmm. that you made you were on testosterone. I swear to God, I was on testosterone for like a week, and by like day seven, I looked like Guy fucking Fieri. <laughs> I was on testosterone. I'm fascinated by what testosterone does to women. It makes you horny and angry. And I said it in the special, it makes you so fucking horny, yeah. so angry. That's what it's like to be a man. That is what it's like to be a man. Those and that, are our two emotions. Th- literally, I was like, I get it. I get it now. And I want to look every man here in the audience tonight right in the eyes. And I want you to know I see you. I hear you, okay? It is bullshit the way that people have been trying to put us down recently. They... <laughs> They have no fucking idea what we go through. 
I mean, I was just, I would just have these rages. I would road rage. I felt fucking nuts. Like it. And so after you do the testosterone for like a month and a half, two months, then I had to be put on estrogen and progesterone. It was like a mixture of that. So there, cause I'm full estrogen dominant, which I like. We couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No one could, no one could, no one could tell just on sight. Yeah. I was on the testosterone. Then I had to be on the, all these vaginal suppositories where you're putting all these drugs just in your vagina. It's soaking in through your uterus. You're going in your, you have to put it in your vagina. Like, yes, suppos- like a suppository. Yes. And you'd have That's to do so two weird. a day and you'd have to literally clench your pussy and like pray that it would stay up there. And you just felt gross and your hormones are such a wild ride. Then I had to do the rounds of shots to get the eggs after multiple rounds, I think I did round, three rounds of shots. I was only able to get one embryo. So I have an embryo. I know I have a little girl on ice, which is a wild thing to know that you like specifically, I know the sex of the baby. So I have this like desire to be a mom and I love the family aspect, but I don't have any desire to go back and do IVF again. I don't care about being pregnant. I just want somebody to hand Would me like a seven year old. Would you have to do that to have, a, to get pregnant? You'd have to do most of the hormones Yes. Again? Yes. Most likely. Yeah. And even if I took the embryo and decided, okay, I don't want to risk it on me because I, don't, I only have one embryo and the chances are really low, I'm going to put it in a surrogate because they have a better chance because of the way their shit works. I still only have one embryo. So even if I want other children, I would then have to do IVF again to get another round of eggs, period. So yeah. I only have one shot as of right now. Don't, I mean, don't waste it. Good thing your husband's retired. <laughs> building up <laughs> semen as we speak. Yeah. Uh, and do you... Have you prepared yourself for the possibility that you won't be able to have a kid? Um, yes. I mean, I've always thought that like I could adopt. I would love to adopt. Oh, all right. that that's was a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, I would be totally open to adoption. I do think that men have need to have a connection with something that is biologically theirs. I mean, my yeah. husband's been very open to it. He's like, I just want to at least try to have our own first, which I totally get. Yeah. I mean, I understand that. But I so it's strange that a guy would pitch like maybe we should <laughs> fuck. Yeah. We should probably fuck just <laughs> in case it works. In case, in case. Yeah. Um, but I'm also in a really weird part in my career, like I am a little bit of a late bloomer, like being almost 40. And I'm in this weird spot where everyone's like, look at the success, like all this shit's happening. And they're like, so when are you going to become a mommy? I know. And it's fucking bullshit, yeah. dude. Like, and that's the pressure. I know I only have, if I don't get physically pregnant myself tomorrow, I only have a short window to at least do IVF again. I'm trying to get, do all this shit. I'm on the road. It tears up your body. I already feel like, you know, every Sunday when I fly home, I feel like an NFL athlete. Like I've yeah. just been beat up all fucking weekend. Yeah. And then I'm supposed to like also somehow do that pregnant. Like, you know, we saw, I mean, good for Ali Wong for doing it and crushing it and doing those yeah. specials. And Amy Schumer did her uh, HBO documentary about it. And I'm just like, but they were already so far ahead in their career. Like I'm at that point where it's like shit's popping off, but I don't know if I physically have it in me right now to give give somebody a baby. Yeah, and can the market take another pregnant female comedian? They cannot. Can they <laughs> can we bear one more? <laughs> well, uh, it's funny my audience is like we can't wait to see you pregnant. Or they're like we can't wait to see you in the middle of the night, you know, um on the baby monitor just losing your shit because my audience like has bit they want to be in this with me. You know what I mean? Do you worry about oversharing all the time. There's no boundaries. But I also like in this fucking day and age, I have a podcast. I'm giving people so much fucking material. Well, that's what I, mean. I will wake up in the middle of the night with like fucking hot sweats that I've shared too much about all of my life. But then I'm also like, well, fuck, this is it. This is our job. Like my job in comedy yeah. is I can only, again, 
I speak from my point of view, like what I've been through. Okay, so you would uh, adopt. That's good because mm-hmm. I because I my first thing was when you were talking about fertility, I was like, I don't think I would want to adopt. And then if you said why not, I think if you really pushed me, I'd be like, because I don't believe that it'll work emotionally. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like because I'm one of ten brothers, sisters. By the way, it doesn't work emotionally. Right. But, <laughs> but like, I wouldn't buy that I could just be like, no, you're, those scenes where they're like, you're my son. Uh-huh. And you're, it, it would be hard for me to believe that that is as good a connection as blood. And I, and you know how I feel about blood connection. Right. So, right, right. so I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm interested to, I think maybe women are just uh, more apt at love. I think agape love is the most beautiful kind of love where it is outside of yourself. It's like a friendship love. Is that a plant medicine? Yes, it sure is. Is that a plant medicine I haven't taken Uh somehow? Um, Okay, this is going to sound fucked up, but I think about like people handing me my pets and I know this is totally different. I know humans and animals are totally different, but I think about how much I fucking, I like love these fucking animals. I'm like, so you're telling me if somebody handed me- The minute you're handed them. Oh my God, I just want to love them. And you saw your husband- Uh Uh-huh. I think one box is you're very possessive. <laughs> very you quickly. Think? Um, okay. Uh, yeah. No, but you saw your husband. You're like, I love him. Uh-huh. And Hannah Dog, I fucking love, I love you. It. So you're telling me if you handed me a child and you said that's yours, I'm not going to be obsessed and love that thing. I just, I, it's it's something that's been on my heart for a long time that if I needed to go that route, I would be absolutely open to it. And I have friends you, that are adopted who, yeah. who have beautiful relationships in their family. So Yeah. And I, again, I mean the opening joke from Blocks is like yeah. So I get a, a a pit bull named Keith. And everybody told me Keith's gonna be your best friend. And I gotta say, maybe my ninth best friend. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not good at it. But uh, I'm but, good at loving things yeah. and loving people. Yeah. And I'm very sensitive towards it. Like I. That's I, an amazing character trait that I'm not saying like you should be grateful, but that's a yeah. great thing to be. I like I the friends that I have are friends that have stayed with me. I'm not the kind of person like I don't cut people out of my life. That's why I think this relationship, you know, with my in-laws is so stressful because I've never there's never been a relationship where I haven't been able to like, listen, we can agree to disagree, but that we can't find a mutual respect. And that's yeah. what's really challenging for me because I'm fairly easy to get along with. Yeah. I'm worried that something horrible is going to happen because life is too good. Yes. I always knew as a little kid that something was going to happen amongst my family. Like when my dad died, I I saw it coming, even though he died very quickly. I remember looking- How do you see it coming? Please tell me. Um, Okay. It's going to sound really fucked up. You- Yeah. Please. Okay. So I knew- I was living in LA. I knew something was wrong with my dad. And I just had this weird premonition. Intuitively. Intuitively. And my dad- Well, I mean, the joke is my dad was starting to lose weight. And I was like, there's no fucking way. Like, you're dying of something. And he he got misdiagnosed. My dad was a heavyset Southern guy, but very healthy. He was a pilot. So he had to get tested through the FAA like every year. And they'd be like, yeah, you're just a big old boy from the South. Right. But you've got perfect blood pressure, perfect everything. Like, nothing wrong. The Thanksgiving before- before he died, he died at Christmas. So Thanksgiving of 2015, something told me not to go home. And I'm and I I regret it and I I 
it fucks me up all the time because that was the last holiday I would have spent with my dad. And you were told not, you went, you felt not to go home. Yes. I would always go home for at least Thanksgiving. I mean, I'd go home for Christmas. I had a great relationship with my family, but for some reason, something told me just stay back in LA. Like, don't make the trek. Just do it. Just hang out with your friends. And we had this big Friendsgiving. And had I gone home, I would have seen because I was the outsider coming in. My mom, my sister were at home and they would have, you know, they were like, we're doing the best we can. They misdiagnosed him with diabetes. This is so weird. That's why he's losing the weight. But I knew that if I would have jumped in, I would have been like, something's not going on. I'm not saying that they weren't doing everything they could, but the outsider coming back in being like, whoa, this guy's really fucking thin. Like what's going on? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there was still nothing we could have done. He died of pancreatic cancer. Yeah, when, the, is, when you find pancreatic yeah, cancer, you're done. fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So um, then uh, two weeks before Christmas, I fly to my friend's wedding in Puerto Rico and my parents were supposed to come. It's my best friend in the world. And they said, hey, your dad's in the hospital because of gallstones. They think it's just gallstones or gallbladder. They're probably going to remove it. And I knew. I told my husband, I said, my dad's dying of cancer. I fucking know it. And Jeff was like, you're crazy. Your brain always goes there. Like, that's not. I said, Jeff, life is too good right now. I just know that this is going to happen. So do you, do you remember? And back then it wasn't even that good. It wasn't even that good. No. Looking back. No. It wasn't too I, good. I was doing like a one woman show off oh. fucking fountain, you know? Oh. It was fucking terrible. Oh. So you remember that scene from, did you ever watch The Comeback? No, but okay. I'm aware of it. There's a Lisa scene Kudrow on the comeback where Lisa Kudrow finds out that her makeup Did artist- Did you watch the comeback? Woman doing a one-woman show on <laughs> Fountain? Was that relevant to you? Go ahead. So Mickey, who is Lisa Kudrow's, uh, Valerie Cherish's character, yep. is her uh, like fabulous gay best friend makeup artist. She finds out that he has cancer. So they go to an episode, they go to a uh, improv class at the, the Groundlings and she gets on stage and all she can say is cancer, cancer, cancer. <laughs> all right, it's the best scene ever. Yeah. I'm on a flight, watching watching the comeback about to land in Atlanta, Georgia, back home where my sister's going to pick me up from the airport. And it was that episode. And I swear to God, it was the universe like telling my brain, you already know that you're about to find out your dad has cancer. This is just the universe like setting you up for it. It was a God thing, whatever. My sister picks me up from the airport and I say, I know dad has cancer. Tell me how bad it is. And she's like, fuck, I told mom not to tell you. We want you to enjoy the wedding. There's nothing we can do. It's bad. Like, I am so pissed. I said, mom didn't tell me anything. And I just knew. And she was like, how did you know? I was like, God told me. I just know. And then it was a week later, he died. So I don't know. It's fucked up. I mean, I feel like when you lose somebody like that, you just are constantly in the back of your mind. Like I told Jeff, my husband, I was like, life is really good right now. It feels good. I'm just waiting for that other shoe to drop, you know? We're going to do some, we're going to take some calls and you'll tell people based on their voice, whether they have cancer or not. Okay. <laughs> I can feel it. I Craig can literally feel Seattle. it. <laughs> You're on the air. Um, and it's glioblastoma. Yeah. Uh-huh. On average, it takes about 30 days for a person to break their new year's resolution. Took me three, but if you know, I'm an overachiever guys, even when it comes to breaking resolutions. So if saving money was on your 2024 list, your odds aren't looking that great. Luckily, I have a 100% guaranteed way to save you money this year. Just switch to Mint Mobile for a limited time. Wireless plans from Mint Mobile are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. I was spending so much on the other, on one of the big guys. And I actually switched to Mint Mobile. I've talked about it here before. I called the number. I switched my phone. I have two phones. I switched both my phones. And I switched my mama's phone because I pay my mama's cell phone plan. And I can watch how much data she's using. I'm saving. I got to be saving $1,000 this year. I don't want to get too specific about my financial situation. But it's between 500 and and 1000 Could be as... It's bare minimum 500 Top 
top line, a G. So you know what I mean? Look, I'm notoriously cheap. I've talked about being cheap. Follow my lead on this. Switch, I felt no pain. It has been seamless, same number, same everything. I swear to you, I lied before. I told you I lied. Not lying. I couldn't. You guys, I have too much integrity to lie this well. I probably could, let's be honest. But I'm not. It's our friend Ryan Reynolds. We've talked about me and Jim Jeffrey. We've all, we talk about him. He's never coming on. Let's be honest. He's never coming on this podcast. But Mint Mobile is here to rescue with a premium wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Say goodbye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Been there, was there three months ago, switched new life. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash N-E-A-L. That's mintmobile.com slash N-E-A-L. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash N-E-A-L. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Mint Mobile. Ryan Reynolds is never going to be friends with any of us, but he did give us a nice break on some phones. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Guys, new year, new you. Who are you trying to be this year? Trying to be mentally healthy? You going to do the New Year's thing where you order a gym membership that you don't use? Don't do it. Go to the mind gym. Go to the emotion gym. Instead of lying to yourself about what you're going to do with your body, go inside, buddy. Then you won't really care about your body as much. You know, what I'm talking about is therapy. And uh, I don't even know what episode this is going to air on, but I almost promise you that we're going to talk about therapy and how it helped them. Again, it doesn't have to, people that go, you don't have to be in in chaos or crisis or have some giant thing that happened to you that you need to deal with in therapy. It can be that, but it doesn't have to be. It can just be therapy as a uh, general health practice that will make you feel better day to day. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash N-E-A-L today to get 10% off your first month. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash neil go to therapy use better help am i the only one that finds the idea of new year new me to be incredibly stressful is it only is it am i the only one like overnight i'm supposed to become a gym rat have a six-pack say no to good food and good look i was gonna say a word i shouldn't use yeah i don't want to have to be a new i like me so I don't want to have to do New Year, New Me. Like, I have a lot of good habits. I like to keep it going. So this year, I'm trying something different. New Year, same me. Because F expectations. F them. Me undies want you to feel empowered whether you love the gym or love laying on the ground. I love both. Who doesn't love laying on the ground? I spent four hours today just laying on the ground. MeUndies Move Me collection is soft and moisture-wicking, ready to support your movements, big and small. And if you want to lounge, you'll love their buttery soft undies, loungewear, and PJs. I, I got them, and they're the undies. Mwah, mwah. I, can you, can, you can hear it. If you're not watching this, I'm, making the, I'm doing the chef's kiss because this is, this is a nice underwear. Doing the fake Italian, the Mamma Mia, that's the one of spicy meatball for underwear. It's soft. It's soft. It's very, it's soft. 
It is buttery is the right word. I rub corn on my where it is because it's so buttery. I spin corn. No, I don't. That's disgusting. From all black classics to fun expressive prints, MeUndies has a look for everyone. Plus, they come in sizes extra small to 4XL, guaranteeing a flattering cut for everybody. Kick off the new year comfier than ever and get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies, M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S dot com slash N-E-A-L. That's MeUndies dot com slash N-E-A-L for 20% off plus free shipping me undies. Comfort from the outside in. Mm. I might have been kissing you. You don't know. This is for audio and video. You, you, yeah. I stand by everything that happened here. All right. How many? I'm, I did I'm, not expect to go through that whole no, no, story. I'm interested I'm glad we're doing in, this. <laughs> in intuition. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested how often it happens to you and the level. On Reddit, I follow mm-hmm. like medium. Mm-hmm. I don't shamanism just sort of you know I'm in the ayahuasca world so. yeah yeah no and I that, that's great take that yeah. journey sure but and I always for calling it a journey you <laughs> bitch <laughs> take that ride Neil whatever <laughs> you need you. to do thank you when I was a little kid, I like really envisioned and saw like how my life was going to go in a sense of I kind of knew that this was always going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like when I mean, this is it so- never happens in the right order though because I never feel does. the same way. I feel the same way. Like I've gotten everything I wanted in life, not how. And not when I thought I would get it. So it's so that allows me to still feel sorry for myself. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm still like, yeah, but it it's all happened. It does all happen in a weird way. But like when there were like really low points in my career or like when you're just fucking hustling and grinding, yeah. I never really had a doubt. I just always knew. Funny. I was like, even as a little kid, when kids would play school, I would play Jay Leno. I would make my sister sit in a chair and interview me about like all of my projects. You'd walk around and go, hi, you guys. Hi, you guys. Yeah. Hi, you guys. Literally, yeah. I was like ready to be like called over to the couch. I know. Now, I haven't been on late night yet, but I always just kind of like knew that shit was going to happen. So when all my other friends who are successful now were like always, they're like, why are you being so like optimistic about shit? I was like, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to happen. It's going to, I'll figure it out. I know now after losing my dad in the way that I did, like I think the universe prepared me so that the blow would be a little softened because life happens. I don't believe like, you know, um, it's just hard right now to not be on the mindset that train like something bad's going to happen. I'm going to lose my mom, my husband, like something bad's going to happen because life is is cooking with gas right now. That's kind of your default, your mm-hmm. protection. My protection. And is it a different tone than the dad one because that's the hard thing is once you start once you get one intuition right then you got to go like we got to get chicken wings right. i can't explain why you no i'm not the kind of person where i'm like these are the lucky numbers let's yeah. play the no, scratch I mean. off tonight yeah. no i'm not, not none of that i'm not a gambler anything like that but i definitely feel something in my gut like something seems a little off I mean, I just think I'm anxious. I mean, fuck, I'm playing a big show this weekend that I'm shooting my next special. I also am in a state right now where everything that I've asked for is now happening. And I feel the weight of the world, A, not to fuck it up, B, not to disappoint other people. I have a lot of people that rely on me right now financially yeah. for jobs. And I'm like just doing the best I can to keep my head above water. You can't worry about that. I know I can't. Like you That's can't tough for worry me. about being like the, 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 the cow, the milk, you know what I mean? Like you can't because it has to be natural from what you want to do. I am such a people pleaser. And it is yeah. these like conversations that I have with myself where I'm like, if somebody's having a bad day backstage or whatever, it was a tough travel day. I like wear that. And 
I have done shows through COVID, the stomach bug, fucking an ovarian cyst rupturing. Like I just get up and I'm a show pony and I do it. And there are days where I get a little pissed off. Like if somebody else on the crew is having a bad day, I'm like, I don't have days that I can have a bad day. If I don't feel like shit, if my life's falling apart, I still got to go out and razzle fucking dazzle, right? Here's the punchline. You make yeah. 30 times more than the highest paid person. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> So fucking yeah. cheer up. I know. They're I know. show pony. I know. Eat the fucking but, giant carrot. No, I'm with you though. But that's but why is, I also yeah. feel like I I I hold that shit to the, the chest. Like people are like, you never like showing any emotion with shit. I'm like, because I don't want to complain. Like I'm very yeah. grateful for where I'm at. But yeah. there are days where I'm just like, I do feel like I gotta make sure that, you know, the show Yeah, but you they didn't again, none of the there people will get jobs after you. Do I have to pay you for this hour? Because we'll, I feel we'll like say. we're really diving no, into I'm this gonna, shit. I know I sell ads. That's <laughs> I sell ads against your content. Great, 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 great. Um, um, so it's it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, no, but I'm wondering what you, what do you, you they're going to work after you. They worked before you. Yeah. They're going to work after you. We're all just flying past each other. Right. Like, especially if it's tour managers or whatever. It's like they've been on a lot of, you don't have to tour all the time. You're right. Like you can't worry about it. You can't worry about bus drivers. It's like that's the gig, uh, and you're dependent on material. Yeah. So we all have some kind of boss, and our boss is the audience and material. And it's like, uh -huh. hey, material, any uh, any any material? No, literally. That's why I'm like, okay, well, then what is the next foray? It's like, yeah, having a family, starting a family, so I can like experience that. And and you know, I'm constantly thinking, I'm like, okay, what's the next? tour. All right. Well, the first one was an introduction to myself. I talked about my childhood, my dad dying. This one's all about my first year of marriage and all and the relationships. The next one, I'm like, well, I've never really done my mom. So I'm like, is it this mother daughter relationship shit next? Because everybody else has done the I've had a baby. I'm pregnant. Like I'm constantly thinking, what's the next thing? Yeah. And and then also like if you film next week and when does it come out and we have a new hour by then and can you tour? Can you put tickets on sale? When that hour comes out and like yeah. I'm in the same exact boat and, then and you, it's never going to end. I really that's the yeah. other thing is I realize like, e OK, even if I get the next hour together, then there's an hour and you're like, fuck. And then on top of that, when you're like doing the weekly podcast and then I yeah. have to be funny on TikTok and social media and that's where I got my start. So I enjoy that. That's not a that's I really enjoy just being goofy and giggling. Yeah. But then, you know, you do the podcast, which is also like another weird love. But it's like you're coming up with three hours of new material a week. Yeah. And there are days where I feel like my brain is ping ponging all over the place. Now, the block where I was like, I can't pee on airplanes is not like a germ thing. I literally in the last two weeks, I have felt so almost out of body. Like I felt discombobulated. I would go into an airplane bathroom and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not at my seat or I'm not in the bathroom. I'm at my seat. Oh my God. Am I peeing at my seat? Like, what the fuck? Where am I? And I realized somebody was like, that's disassociating. Like you're so, and I think it's just because I'm really fucking tired yeah i'm in a lot of places right now and so i i would literally like have to grab the stall in the bathroom on the airplane and be like where am i am i okay i am actually peeing in the bathroom yeah right now which now was like a weird thing you were peeing in the seat. i was being in the seat i'm delta diamond so please don't take that away you know, from me uh yeah it's it is stressful and again never want to seem ungrateful i love what i do doing touring is the most fun thing in the world yeah but there are days where i'm like i feel beat up well it's physically wearying physically so rough. And then when you're in six different cities and, you know, six days, you're like, this is nuts. Yeah. I woke up one day and I had had no idea what city I was in. Like, I was like, I was like, I wouldn't. It took me so long <laughs> to even realize, like, what year is it? 
Yeah. Where in, where in my life am I? And then you're at a Walgreens and then like somebody offers you a blunt in the Walgreens. You're like, I'm in Cincinnati. Yep. I know yep. exactly where I go. am. And it's an employee. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh-huh. I know the specific Walgreens. Yep. Um, yeah. That That is wearying. How do you handle stress? I smile and then I shut down and I shut down and then I have like every two weeks I have like an afternoon where I kind of like lose my shit and then I'm good. How's that? What's that look like? Um, I, It's me crying in my car by myself because <laughs> I don't want to burden anybody else with my stress because again, I don't want other people to see me sweat because I don't want them to feel like I'm ungrateful or I just know that like I want to have a rough day by myself. And you, you've earned it. And do you yeah, feel? I, think I, have. I needed to hear that, uh, Neil. Smoking weed and drinking, and it does that. What doesn't really do anything for me, honestly. When I really shut down, I'm a very extroverted person. But I've noticed because being on the road is so overstimulating. When I come home, I need a day, and I really am not getting a single day off. Because that's what people don't understand. When you're traveling, yeah, you're flying home on a Sunday. You did a show in Sacramento. It takes you forever to get fucking home. Then I got to go home and be a wife. I got to entertain my mom. I got to deal with everything else. Then I'm doing the podcast. I'm doing script notes, whatever the fuck I'm doing Monday, Tuesday, and then I'm back on the road. There is no just one day to be quiet. And I know everybody listening who's got kids is like, well, wait till you have kids. You'll never have a day off. But when you're literally, you know, most people Monday through Friday, and then they're like, when my agents text me and they're like, happy Friday. I'm like, fuck you, bitch. I'm, this is my yeah. Tuesday. Like yeah. I'm just getting started. I've had six shows yeah. tonight. Yeah. And the other thing with kids is you can give them a tablet. You can give them a tablet. You can get just, a babysitter. Yeah, yeah, where it's like the the things you have to do are they're booked in there. You can't get out of it. Also, you can't give a thousand people in a theater a tablet. Can't give them a tablet, and also it's always for, front facing, right? So it's not like I mean, sometimes when I'm like writing and shit, I can be quiet in my own thoughts, but everything is me like performing or me being front frontward facing. Is it so? But I watching the TikToks the and using so like. The wine isn't stress relief because uh, I assume that's why people drink is anxiety. Uh, no, honestly, I like a glass of red wine after a show. I'm not a really big drinker. Got it, got it. Weed, I'll take an edible and get giggly and goofy, got it, got but it. I don't need it. It's not a vice. Okay. Um, now, when I'm on vacation, you know, your girl likes a white wine. Sure. Um, but I'm I'm not a. It, it doesn't stress relieve me. Honestly, I like to take magnesium at night, put on compression socks, and let my ankles deswell, and that's what feels good. And then I watch six hours of like cringeworthy TikTok. That is what decompresses me. I love the the socks. Yeah. Well, when you wear heels on stage, it really fucks you up. Like I threw out my back in April and now I'm like, okay, maybe I got to just lean back into the sneakers. No, Ron DeSantis told me. <laughs> um, I'm unable to confront people other than my family, even if someone has really done me wrong. I like it. Okay. I'm able to have real talks with my husband, my mom, my sister. Like we can hash it out. But- there are probably people that I should have cut out of my life a long time ago. It's very hard for me to have a, a comp, uh, like any confrontation. Cause I, again, I'm like, we're going to figure it out it, a lot. It takes a lot to really get me rattled, like really genuinely upset. And I'm around a lot of hotheaded New Yorkers. So they're always popping off. So I'm like, whatever, let them deal with it. Yeah. But I'm always like, Ugh, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. But there are moments where my husband's been like, you need to have a fucking backbone on this. And he'll say, I know this makes you uncomfortable, but you need to fucking say what you need to say to this person. And I will tiptoe around it all day long because I just don't have the, the problem is really Neil, I don't have the fucking energy to do it. So when I, when something happens, I'm like, 
we'll figure it out because I don't have the energy to like beef with someone. I just don't. See, that's what's funny is I have so much energy. I know you do. (laughs) Endless energy for confrontation. Confrontation and Oh, it eats uh, me alive. And and like righteousness. Mm-hmm. And and like what kind of code does that person have? Ooh. And I thought we had an agreement mm-hmm. about a code, even though we never did. I assumed we did. How could you not? And I also there's a thing, Arthur Miller said, uh, fruitful conflict. Okay. I'm a fan of a fruitful conflict. Because I think you can cover a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. I, I, if I could give you some unsolicited advice, if Please you have to call somebody, write it out. Yeah. Do bullet points like this before and put it on. Don't text to them. <laughs> write it down on a piece of paper uh-huh. and go over the things and figure out the best way to communicate it before you send it or before you say it. So, the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. My sister's a criminal defense attorney and she's always like, I don't want you talking in circles. She said that before too. She's like, write it down in bullet points so that you get your, what you need to get across, but then be, shut the fuck up. That's my problem. I can't shut the fuck up because I'm always trying to find a resolution. You let, them, you let people off the hook. All the fucking time. It yeah. is a major problem. There are so many times that I should have put my foot down and I'm like, and in a weird way, I kind of like observe and I just keep it in a vault. But here's what's going to happen. Neil, I'm going to lose my shit on this person. It's going to be, I'm going to let it go, let it go, let it go. And then yeah. we're going to have a real problem. But that's, yes. And I know that I need to snip shit in the bud before it gets to that point. Are you good with forgiving people? Yes. I forgive people probably too quickly. Because the amount of energy it takes me to not like you, the amount of energy it takes for me to store that emotion of like, I'm sitting at home and I'm stewing. I mean, my husband's favorite thing is to be like, that person wronged me in seventh grade, fuck Tony or whatever it is. He eats that shit up. And that's also, I think, like a family thing too. Like they, they, you know, New York, they enjoy the confrontation. I'm not like that. I'm like, you got an issue with me. Let's just squash it. Like, tell me what's going on so we can, I, I am fine with saying I'm sorry. These families are like governments. Yes. They're they're like, what is your system of government? Yeah. And it's like, our system of government is called retribution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've always done it. We're always going to continue to do it. And it's it's not, uh, who knows who started it? My All my family's like Irish fucking maniacs. Mm-hmm. So they're, it's old. It's so and no old. one wants to change a system of government. You're like, what do you, we can't go from socialism to, to we're, we're this. Right. I'm like, can we at least vote on this shit? And they're like, nope, this nah, is it. Nah, we nope. don't even have the system set <laughs> right, up. Right. We don't, it's not a, it's not a democracy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, that's a hard one. Even How about with work? I can put my foot down with work. I can. But the problem is I have a lot of friends that work with me because again, I very much so like my father. I want everybody to be together. Mm-hmm. I find a lot of joy in watching other people succeed. I'm not a competitive person. I'm really not. I'm competitive with myself. That is the only person I'm competitive with. So I really want everybody to be together. And I'm like, is everyone having fun? <laughs> like, I really enjoy having all my chickens together. So you, if you have a good, like a good killer show. Mm-hmm that's only part of the thing that affects your mood. Like if you have a good show, but somebody got into an argument backstage mm-hmm. before or after you, you're as aware of that as you are of the show. Uh, yes. Wow. I am. But the show, as long as like, you know, uh, as long as the show is great, then I'm still on a high, but then I'll go back and lay in bed at night and think like, how can I resolve this? And I realize I can't fix people. 
I got to let people do their fucking thing. Um, but it's constantly an observation in the back of my mind. And I, and the problem is I also am around a lot of stubborn people. So I will go to the table and be like, can you fix this with this person? Can you do this with this? And when they don't, and it's just like, I'm constantly getting disappointed. And you don't, you don't then hold that against them. You don't go like, I asked you to fucking solve this. Um, in the back of my mind, it's eating away at me. But yeah, I don't, I know that the show must go on. I'm like, yeah. we still got to go do well, shit. Well, no, but I, that would make me just like not want to work with the person. Uh, if you, yeah, that's, that's where you, yeah. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, but that's fine. I mean, again, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you have to give people a chance. Yeah. And then if they then still decide not to do it, then it's like, look, man, I don't, I need to have some boundaries. And I have learned to stick up for myself. But the biggest thing, especially like with family shit or whatever, I finally was like, I work too hard to be this disrespected. I, I'm now starting to say, like, I'm not going to let you disrespect me. And that is because I always just, again, I'm like, oh, people want to talk shit, whatever, in one ear, not the other. But now I'm like, this is now disrespectful, even if it's a work thing to my business, to this, to my family, to whatever. I'm drawing a line in the sand. My publicist yesterday, love Sam. She sat me down and she was like, you're being too fucking nice. She goes, so many people ask shit of you and you are not asking enough. I don't ever want to ask people to like come on my podcast because I feel like I'm going to bother them. I'm like, you know how many fucking things I've done for all everybody else? She's yeah. like, start asking. She's like, this is so stupid, Heather. Because I've always just kind of like stayed in my lane and done my thing. And, you know, I go to work and I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm a happy person. She's like, you need to start asking for favors because everybody asks you for favors. I'm big with reciprocation. I, I am too. And I just don't know why I can't send the text to be like, Hey, you know, want to do this too? As soon as this podcast is over, you're blocked. So don't bother. (laughs) Um, No, but I'm big on reciprocation. Like, dude, it's got, I've had real fallings out with people about that. Like I, it's kind of one of the points of friendship is like, you have to like each other. It's any relationship is you, one person can't like the other one more. The differentiation can only be about 5%. Mm-hmm. And after that, you're running the you're it's going to start showing. It's interesting, too, with a lot of these like guys in comedy, because they'll always like I'll go do their shit, you know, because they know that they want my female audience to be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I didn't know about yeah. this guy. And then I, I everyone's always too busy for me. And I'm I'm a fucking good time. So I'm just like, whatever. I just stay in my own life. Yeah, I can't. I I have real. I'm like, no, if if. I'm kind of, I'm at that point where I'm like, yeah. my, uh, my girl Sam was literally like, no, it's cause you're not asking. She's like, ask. And they say, no, who gives a fuck? Like move on. You've already established yourself and done your own thing. Well, you know what <laughs> God, I'm going to say? I am no, 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 like no. sweating no, 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 but that, for you know this what I was right gonna now. Say about okay. What I was going to say about the thing about like wanting to be on late night. Yeah. I've been talking to people about this lately a lot is like that world's kind of fading. Totally. Yes. Like that. So we all have these dreams of like, and then I'm going to. Johnny Carson's dead. Right. Jay Leno's not, doesn't have a show anymore. David Letterman is uh, in Wyoming and Connecticut. It's like, mm. he, like he's, these people, these people we had dream, or even SNL or even yeah. like all these things. Like I'm going to, it's all like old media stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're, you have 750,000 followers on Instagram. That's a late night show. Oh yeah. And I, and I, and then when I'm on tour, it's like the best thing in the world yeah. because I'm at these shows and I do have a lot of like new fans to stand up mm-hmm. who, you know, and, and predominantly like females who are like, well, I never really was a stand up fan. And then they come and now they're dialed into all these other it's amazing. The best, it's the it's best. It's the best they're not form of cynical. entertainment there is, by the way, stand up. Yeah. It's like you're going to laugh 50 times. You're going to have you come to the show. so much fun. Go watch a comedy movie. If you laugh yeah. three times. <laughs> 
I'll give you a ticket to a stand-up show. And it's like, I always say, I'm like, it's so much fun. We're giggling. Yeah. I don't take myself too seriously. Like, I just want to give people a great show. And I love the sense of community. It's like the most fun ever. Because when people come to my show, they dress up, animal prank, glitter suits. Like, the guys will come in outfits and they're like, they fucking love it. They're like, I'm yeah. out with all the girls. And they have a blast. And then they leave and like, that was the most fun ever. That's yeah. my biggest thing. Listen, I'm not going to like change the world. I'm not teaching you something like you never thought about before, but I'm going to make you fucking giggle. God yeah. damn it. That's valuable. Yeah. Um, all right. What have you done in terms of you've always it's you've been sort of upbeat and happy your whole life. What are things you've done that have made you happier and more like the most helpful things you've done for your mental health? Oh. Obviously, compression sucks. Yeah, Go compression sucks. Yeah. Um, honestly, knowing when to just turn it off and be by myself because I have really learned to like value my time. Is that must be kind of hard in marriage, or did you guys establish that early? Well, Jeff's great because he we can sit in a room and not speak, and he's reading his like golf magazines, and I'm dicking around on the internet, and that is like. Uh, my yeah. my love language is time. I just want to spend time with people. I don't care. We don't have to say a word, but I like to be in the room. But to know when to like turn it off, just to be like, all right, I need two hours just to be in silence, to shut the fuck up. Neil, that is what I have learned, to shut the fuck up. There's also something to be said for like just having a body there. Yeah. Like, which is why I have a ton of blow up dolls in my house. <laughs> Uh, no, but having just <laughs> ton a ton of beanie babies as yeah, well. Yeah. 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 Uh, like just someone there and you don't have to be like communicating. Mm -hmm. You can just be like, you're there. You're alive. I'm alive. I'm not in an air airplane bathroom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something to be said for it. Like the, it's it's positive. OK, what is your what's your dream for yourself? And I don't and I don't mean like what's your career goal. I just uh -huh. mean like your dream sort of <laughs> overall. I'll tell you right now. I want to have some sort of compound. I want to rehabilitate French bulldogs. <laughs> That's my dream. I think they're unrehabilitatable. Uh, you're probably right. I've got two right now that are at a behavioral camp trying to figure I out. I can hear them wheezing from uh, here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got the I, I got the healthy ones. But yes, um, I just want to have like a compound with my friends and I want to raise healthy kids. How many friends? I would say max out probably. Well, OK, say five friends. So, you know. Uh, and five Sarah Silverman pitched a very similar thing. Of oh, she like did? Cottages. Okay. Oh, yeah. Love the cottage idea. There's a place outside of Atlanta called Serenby, and it's kind of like, do you ever hear of Blackberry Farms? That's where they're going to train the police, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. I follow Atlanta uh, news, guys. Um, I want to have like a compound at this really cool place called Serenby, and they have like an organic farm and all this shit. And I just want to be able to hang out with my friends and like, you know, deal with our life and raise our children in like a commune. I Yeah, I've thought about that. I, it's a great idea and I've thought about it and then I've thought about who I would invite uh -huh. and then I've thought about potential like uh oh like because yeah. you don't really know what people are like until you live with them in a compound I am still best friends though with my best girlfriends from growing up and like literally we've been friends for, for 30 years and so I feel like I could live with them okay. like I get it and they're married they're married all of our husbands are friends like it's it works. We vacation. We I have people that I like know I can vacation with. And honestly, I had this big wedding in Italy and the best compliment I ever got from my wedding. Not we love the fireworks. The food was great. All this shit. I, you know, I've lived so many different places. My New York friends were friends with my LA friends, met my Atlanta friends, met my University of Mississippi friends, all these different parts of my life. The best compliment I got was I love your friends. 
wow, I loved meeting your friends from here. So the fact that like at my wedding, I didn't give a fuck how I looked, all that shit. I was uh, literally- It showed. I just- <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> seeing the photos. Sorry, sweetie. No, I looked very hot. But I literally at like my welcome party, I mean, I was so excited. I was just like, everyone's together and having a good time. Like if my dad was still alive, yes, I live at home with my mom right now, but- I know that that probably wouldn't have been different. My dad would have been like, y'all live the next door. Like he just wanted us all together. And there's so many attributes that my dad had that I realize I'm taking on. And that's kind of why I call the special like son I never had. Like now I'm also in this interesting role. I'm in my childhood home. My office was my dad's old office. Mm. And there are moments where I'm looking around. Did you buy it from your yeah, mom? Yeah, we're buying it currently from my mom. Right. We're redoing everything, and that's- She's being a real fucking asshole about she, uh, it, too, She is nickel and diming me. This redheaded bitch. inspectors. Oh, my God. The inflation. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. And you've had to fight fire with fire, where you'll throw- You have Jeff go into a room before and throw mice down, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then you're like, there's mice everywhere. I'm not, I'm not giving you a- penny. I'm not giving you a dime. Yeah. Oh, we've been fighting with the HOA, yeah, so I'm like, awful, there, that's awful. an issue. Yeah, that's sweet. Well, that's. it seems like you're your- dad's daughter yeah if that makes sense totally and my sister is the same way and like his gumption for business and the way she's just like a badass like she has and like his intelligence i'm Mm -hmm. more like the sales guy you know what i mean yeah but i i love to keep the family unit together but there are moments where i'm like i've hired all my friends we we're all in a compound like that's just yeah i'm like my father yeah just have some boundaries you'll be good yeah you're right for real because that that's the thing is the thing with friends is like it gets a little it gets a little familiar sometimes mm-hmm. and it's like hey i'm your boss still right. <laughs> like and and then you'll be socializing and you'll be talking to them like they work for you and it's like that's wrong also right um so you got to keep your eye on it i got to keep my eye on it yes uh i like you a lot and i had a great time speaking with you neil thank you for all this i want you to know i adore you and i really appreciate this therapy session And I hope my whole family doesn't hate me after this. (laughs) Some of them. (laughs) Oh, Heather McMahon, ladies and gentlemen. Go to follow her. 